1: Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com/slash Eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter Chris Franklin. Today we're going to to discuss the win over the Panthers the the Jalen Hurts Nick Sirianni play calling saga and the quick turnaround to Thursday night football Chris how you doing this morning
0: not too bad man you know it's going back over this was Eagles win it was a it was basically a tale of two halves and trying to I'm looking forward to break this down with you man how are you doing
1: well I mean you know kind of kind of like that game yesterday I'm I'm you know it's always always on the road i'm always kind of like inching closer to uh to getting you know meeting my mark and and getting home so uh we're still in in charlotte right now and i got a good night's sleep which was nice uh away from the fam but you know missing that and uh you know yesterday was a win that kind of felt like a yeah but you know what I mean there was a you know the the Eagles won yeah but their linebackers are still awful uh the Eagles won yeah but Nick Sirianni can't figure out a way to effectively use Jalen Hurts without making him throw 25 times in the first half uh the Eagles won, but, yeah, but uh, the running back group is kind of become an afterthought. Uh, Miles Sanders has turned into a ghost prior to Halloween. Um, you know, the Eagles won, yeah, but their safeties look terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they won, and they won scrappy, and they won the way a lot of people thought they would probably win this season. Um but they're stuck between this transition period where it's like, are they can trying to contend for the playoffs because their offseason moves kind of say they are, or are they just trying to evaluate and get better? Because right now the division isn't completely out of reach. Yeah, the Cowboys are kind of running away with it, but the Eagles are still kind of in it, um, and maybe in that wild seventh wild card discussion. Um, at two and three, and really, if you if you look uh, far, not too far in advance, yeah, this team started off one and three. But the Eagles won, uh, now are two and three. Uh, next week, er, they play Tampa on Thursday. Nobody really expects them to win that game. Let's say they lose it. Okay, let's let's be negative and say they lose it. They're two and four. Vegas is is has dropped two straight uh, since starting off three and zero. They did not look good yesterday against the Bears. Let's say the Eagles win that game. That makes them three and four. Then they go to Detroit, who hasn't secured a win all season. If they're four and four after eight weeks, their schedule during the second half of the season is just incredibly light based on paper. They really – their only real playoff contending challenges are the Chargers, maybe the Broncos – and then the Cowboys, so that's three of nine games right there. So there's six games remaining on that schedule where it seems like they could get some some wins. You know, if they split against Washington and they sweep the Giants, and then take care of business against the Jets um, and New Orleans, who seem like a like. You know, uh, a Jacqueline Hyde act. I mean, this team could win nine games, which is what I had predicted earlier this offseason. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And, and this is kind of what I expected is they would kind of start off kind of feel, you know, feeling stuff out. Um, I didn't expect as many penalties. I didn't expect the discipline issues on the field or the lack of discipline on the field. But this is kind of the way I saw it. I mean, we knew this roster had issues at linebacker and safety, and, um, you know, we didn't really understand the dynamic of of how they wanted to use running back. We knew that the tight end group was here, but they probably weren't going to get as much action as we thought they would uh, or or as they'd previously gotten. So, I don't know. I'm in a weird spot where I kind of felt like this is how it was going to go, but I also kind of think there's opportunities to get better and that there's missed opportunities. Does that make sense?
0: It, it does. I mean, for me, I just don't think this team is a playoff team, even if it, this big at the beginning of the year, I really didn't think it really was. And I still don't think it is. And it, it's nice that, to talk about that and everything else. I think the main thing I'm looking at is just, I just want to see continued improvement. And I just don't see it right now. I see it in some aspects of the game. I'll, I'll put it that way. I see it in some aspects of the game. When you look at, some of the young guys, you see Devonta Smith, what he's doing. You see it Hurts a little bit. Well, I thought he regressed, but in the second half, I thought he played a little bit better. But for the most part, so overall, the season, I thought Hurts has improved over, over that time. But then you see the stuff like the penalties continue to happen and the play calling at times. You see you see the, the running game get lost. I mean, when you look at the Panthers and what their Achilles heel would was is the runs in between the tackles because they had issues going at especially when you have a really fast team or a really athletic team. The best thing you do is you want to play physical ball and take the attack to them. And they didn't do that. They used a lot of bubble screens to try to run sideline to sideline with them. And you can't do that against very athletic uh, linebackers and very athletic uh, defensive backs. And and they just had team speed and they just, I I didn't understand the uh, game plan early on. So I, I questioned that a lot, but for them to continue to, I just don't see anything better. I don't. I just don't see this team being the seventh wild card right now. I know there's a lot of injuries out west with Russell Wilson possibly missing at least a month with that finger injury. We know what's going on with the 49ers, and, and you look around at some, some of the uh, other teams in this conference, but it, I think for the Eagles, the best thing for them, I think for the long-term future, And for the long-term plan for this team is to just worry about getting better and getting better and working on the development aspect of that because, who knows, they could could definitely use all the higher graphics they can get. So that's why I think they just worry about development. And next year, I think it's a better time for them to look toward the the postseason aspirations.
1: Yeah, but we all know that in a first year of a tenure at head coach – You know, things can get wild, right? Um, I agree with you. I think development is the key, but sometimes when you develop, you actually win. And so I think, look, this is the hard knocks first half of the season. I'm not even taking the optimistic approach. I'm just looking at this second half of the schedule and saying, these are all winnable games, even at the rate that this Eagles team is playing. Um, You know, you brought it up, so let's get into it, because... Uh, I got to be honest with you, as somebody who has to objectively watch this game and say and put it into words, I have no words for. Well, I actually have a lot of words for Nick Sirianni's uh, game plan in this one. Uh, Mike, I this wrote, is a
0: PG show. We have to keep it. Uh, no, you I mean, what to I,
1: no, what I mean is I wrote a <laughs> column immediately after the game uh, about, look, the Eagles won, but Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts need to look in the mirror still like it was a loss. Um, That first half was unexplainable. Um, I asked Nick Sirianni what his thought process was. Uh, I asked Devontae Smith why they were throwing so often. Um, They apparently saw a lot of cover zero on tape. Terrific. Good for them. Um, But when you have cover zero looks, running the ball makes a lot of sense because guys are in man coverage. So um, you're, you're basically doing one on one matchups and and they they were attacking the scheme as it said instead of attacking weaknesses and i think that's the issue that i've seen with Nick Sirianni's play calling he attacks the scheme thinking that the eagles players are better than they are instead of attacking their weaknesses cuz the clear weakness here was the middle of the field running the ball on them the cowboys created this blueprint last week and the Eagles didn't run the football, like, basically at all in the first half. And so on top of that, Nick, uh, Jalen Hurts didn't run. Um, I think he had, like, one yard in the first half. That's not successful football for the Eagles right now. Like, Jalen Hurts should not be throwing 25 times in the first half, especially in a close game. Like, Jalen Hurts should not be throwing as much as, as he is. And the thing is, is I see this uh, – I don't want to call it a lame narrative or a lazy narrative, but I see this – there's a section of like social media and like the fan base who wants to say, you know, this is all coming from the top. They want to throw the ball a lot. They want – like Lurie and and Howie Roseman want Jalen Hurts to air it out as much as possible so they can evaluate him the reason why that doesn't make any sense is if they want him to throw a lot, they're not going to be throwing a lot of bubble screens and flat routes like a rookie. Any rookie can come in and, and pretty much do that outside of Zach Wilson, apparently. Um, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Outside <laughs> of Zach Wilson. Um, but like, but that's what I'm saying. Right. So if he was attacking down in the field a lot, then you could argue hey, this is an organizational philosophy where they just want to see Jalen – this season is all about Jalen Hurts throwing the ball down the field. Throwing like 25 passes and having 35 yards because your screen game isn't working out or your quick game isn't working out is not a recipe for success. And frankly, look, I know Jalen Hurts wants the ball in his hands. That's any quarterback. But when you're running RPOs, it just kind of seems like he's making the wrong decisions – at least on obvious RPO plays, where he'll hand the ball off to, to Miles Sanders to a stacked box. But when there's plenty of room to run, he's holding on to the ball and he's throwing it. And either he is completing the pass, the timing's off, or he's inaccurate. And so I think you've kind of got to be the grown-up in the room if you're Nick Sirianni and say, look, I've got to call design runs. Uh, you know, yeah, he can check out of them. But, like, when I have a box that's completely open – Like, I need to take advantage of that. And maybe it's that they don't trust Miles Sanders' vision, which, to be honest with you, I don't really blame them. Uh, If you watch that first play against the Chiefs where he bounces outside, if he cuts back even, like, a tad, he's probably got 35 yards. Um, So... I don't know if there's a lack of trust in the running game or the running game participants, but they need to figure out a way to not put this all on Jalen's arm. Jalen's a guy who can win with his arm and his legs. If you want to call design runs for him, like they did later on in the game, they figured a way to make it all work. That makes sense. But I think asking him to throw 25 passes with 17 of those, maybe being bubble screens or flat routes, I don't think that's productive, A, to your your evaluation process, uh, B, your offense, and C, I think it puts your offensive line in quite a bind because they're not really run blocking, but they're taking on the reps of a run. They're taking on as many reps as they would had they be, had been run blocking, and we all know that offensive linemen thrive on run blocking. So uh, that's where I stand. Where are you at with this play calling disaster?
0: Well, with the personnel they have, they're set up. I think they're. Uh, I think the offensive line is a better run blocking line to begin with. So I think the personnel they have, even on the outside, when the wide receivers, it sets up perfectly that this team could have a lot of success with the play action pass. And I don't mean the fake read. I don't know, RPOs or, or or the fake uh, read options and throw quick throws off of that too. uh zone reads and options off of that. I think when if they'd made a sustained effort, I don't know if it means putting Dallas Goddard back there. Fullback once in a while or age back or just even for like five plays or whatever if this team actually ran the ball up the middle of the field and and, and sustained that type of thing it opens up so much stuff downfield for these guys with speed like Watkins and and Smith and even Rager if you guys have if they just allow themselves to just sustain the run they could hit a lot i think they could hit a lot more of those shots downfield but the problem is they're so they're worried about passing so much especially on first down they're, they're not getting any production on first down and it's putting them in these situations it's laughable, now dude it's it, it, it laughable is.
1: it really is it's funny you've got to say objective but it is it is objectively funny <laughs> that yeah. they refuse to run the ball on first down sorry go ahead
0: yeah, no you're good you're good because it because you, you wonder because you look at that i think at one point i think they may have even finish at 25 percent on third downs well if you look back and look at a lot of them were like third and eight third and nines because a they either decided okay we're going to and it's, it's a tendency starting to see more and more what the eagles do if they get a big play they think okay we got to hurry up going to run hurry up go into hurry up mode real quick and then as soon as they do that, they just give a run right up the middle of Kenny Gainwell through while they huddle and then it goes for like two or three so now you're in second and eight then there's they, if they try another run, you know, it's going to go for about one or two yards, or they try to pass, it is, doesn't go fast because it's more likely to be a bubble screen. Now you're at third and seven, third and eight, and you know what they're going to do. I mean, we haven't really seen too many draws. If they're going to, actually going to run the ball on third and long, we haven't even seen that. It is, the, the early down play calling has to get better, by, it has to get better quick. If, if, if a lot of people are looking at Potentially, not me, but if a lot of people are looking at this team going to playoffs. That's going to be the main reason when they look back at the season. Okay. First and second downs, they they were just waste downs. They, they got no production out of it.
1: Yeah. It's almost like they're evaluating two downs every, every series. I mean, look, the main culprit for, for, um, for three and outs for this team is not drop passes, it's not inaccuracy, it's play calling to me. Um, and like, look, Nick Siriani's figuring himself out as a play caller. I get it, it's only week five, but it seems like he's looking progressively worse as the weeks go on and not progressively better. And you know, soon there's going to be calls for somebody else to be the offensive coordinator. That You know, and that's weird for a rookie head coach, and I don't think you want Shane Seichen being that guy anyway. But, um, look, I I mean, here's the problem here, okay? And you and I were very, very pro Nick Sirianni throughout the offseason. His wide receivers are making a lot of mistakes. A lot for a guy who for a head coach who focuses so heavily on wide receivers and is a former wide receivers coach the passing game has no rhythm to it because it seems like everything is forced oh and by the way a guy who believes in connecting with with a team and and having discipline and focusing on technique is piling up penalties like crazy they've got 50 penalties through five games that's ridiculous and so even if they are successful you look at this season if Nick Sirianni can't turn this around and say we're where did they get better, right? I mean, look, I think the offense is better. I, I I do think the offense is better than it was last year. They've already won half as many games as they won last year. I do think the defense is in a weird spot. Jonathan Gannon switched things up from, from zone to man, uh, and I think that worked out really well. It also it helped out Darius Lay. It helped out Steve Nelson, two guys who are used to playing man coverage. Um, we'll get into the defense in a second, but I think – where is is Nick Sirianni truly adjusting right and I think that's the issue here uh wrap up your thoughts on on the offense before we head into the actual good stuff which is special teams and defense
0: well I thought that when uh, it is overall uh, I wonder what personally I wonder what's going through Miles Sanders mind. I mean Kenny Gainwell we know he's a rookie and most rookies are just going okay I'll just go along with the flow I don't want to make waves, especially as a fifth round draft pick he, he won't do that but I really want to know what's going through his mind because Sanders has pl- been playing the, the good soldier he, he's said the right things I mean a couple weeks ago when we heard when he barely got the ball you know he was saying you know what I'm just want to do whatever the team asked me to do to win and you, you wonder how long that's going to last especially if you're getting eight carries and don't get me wrong he made he made some boneheaded decisions late in that game because he almost gave he almost gave, basically almost gave the Panthers back the ball by kept going out of bounds because that's another mental mistake. But the Eagles, I don't know if they maybe maybe if, if it becomes as simple as you know change his designation on the on on the depth chart as a wide receiver, I mean, he might get the ball more. I don't know. Maybe he just runs more times that way. But the Eagles have to find a way to use it because. He can do some good stuff on it. He can really do some good things if you let him get the ball, get a feel for the game, and and, and go from there. I mean, you don't lose. He hasn't been hurt, so you know he hasn't like lost the speed or, or his quickness or anything. You have to let him get the feel for a game, and they're not letting him do that. And until they allow he, him to get the ball more, I, I think that you're just holding back this offense. And this have, offense has a lot of potential, but they, they still have to learn – they have to – quicken that 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 learning curve they really truly do
1: and look i mean a lot again a lot of people think that this is a direct order from the top but like i don't think howie roseman's saying hey don't use my former second round pick running back right so uh let's get into the defense because it, it was definitely a tale of two halves uh the run defense still has its issues um I'm pretty much over watching Eric Wilson miss tackles. Uh, Alex Singleton's had his moments, but it just kind of seems like he plays with no filter. He he had two personal foul penalties, one of which I thought was kind of unfair because uh, he got a face mask penalty when he was getting stiff-armed. I mean, I don't know what you're expected to do there. Um, And then... Look, I think Anthony Harris got confused or didn't communicate properly on a handoff, and Tommy Tremble scored a touchdown, and he was wide open. Um, But really, I thought the cornerbacks played one of their better games. I don't think it was their best game, but I do think they played one of their better games going up against DJ Moore and and Robbie Anderson to the point where Robbie Anderson got frustrated after uh, Steve Nelson picked off uh, (laughs) Sam Darnold for a third time. Uh, They had three interceptions. Um, Again, Jonathan Gannon allowed Darius Slay to play more man coverage, which is his strength. Um, And then really the story – uh, Another big story is the defensive line. Fletcher Cox had his best game of the season by far. Uh, It looked like they were playing him at nose tackle, uh, at three technique. He was moving around a bit. They did a bunch of stunts. They manufactured pressures. Uh, Javon Hargrave was Javon Hargrave. That dude is going to be an all-pro this year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he now has six sacks in the season. By the way, his career high is six and a half, and there are twelve more games left in the season. Uh, Josh Sweat had a sack. Derek Barnett played very well and got a couple of pressures. Ryan Kerrigan registered a tackle. Like this was a big day for everybody. Uh, what did you think of the defense?
0: I thought Jonathan Gannon did a good job. You know, utilizing it, what a coach should do, especially when it comes to coordinating, getting everybody in using their strengths and, and highlighting that because we, you know, Darius Slay is more comfortable playing man and and following around. The team. It just seems like he's more locked in when he's playing, like he knows that he's going against the best receiver. And when you take that aggressiveness away from a guy, it, it just changes their outlook. Cause when you're in zone, are passive like, okay, I am going to pay him tough. But after about five to seven yards, I'm passing them off to somebody else. It, it just goes like, okay, it, it, it takes away that, that, to me, that aggressive instinct that you need from your defense that you want to see from your defense. So allowing him to go head up on DJ Moore and say, you know what? You're, I'm following you around the field for the rest of the whole entire day. I'll make it tough for you. Just seemed like it. it his level of competition, Rosen, he's competitive, but it just seemed like it just took that to another level. So I liked what they did there. And I saw... It looked to me, like they were running. the Eagles were running a lot more stunts. I mean, it's Teron Jackson, of all people, was running a stunt and actually got home, and he actually looked good when he ran that, too. So I liked the overall game plan, trying to confuse the Panthers' offensive line to beat up Panthers' offensive line. I thought the Eagles took advantage of that, and I thought that quickened because Sam Darnold, you know, not the most responsible person quarterback with the ball, and when he starts getting a lot of pressure, he saw what he does. He puts the ball up, and the Eagles were able to get those at those three interceptions, and it really – Really, basically, they kept that. They kept the whole the team in the game. That whole thing. That that if anybody was put to be credit for a win for that game, I'd probably have to give it to Javon. To I'm sorry, sorry for Jonathan Gannon because that that was actually a good scheme that he came up with.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I think um, look, this defense. Jonathan Ginn took a lot of a lot of flack the last few weeks, and deservedly so. Uh, they gave up eighty three points. Um, but if you look at the other three games, six points, seventeen points, eighteen points. If you're going to keep – this team has a chance whenever they only need to score roughly 20 points. If you can keep the other team under 20 points, this Eagles team has a shot. And really, the defense did its job. I mean, this win deserved a lot of – I mean, Jonathan Ginn deserved a lot of praise for this win. But I really want to talk about maybe the best special teams play made in – several years. I mean, look, returns happen. Returns for touchdowns happen, but this punt block, if you rewatch it, so essentially what happened was they got a coverage that they saw. They'd been working on this, this punt block scheme all week. Uh, you had, um, Edwards and, um, uh, Sean Bradley worked the middle of the field and blitz up the middle. Then they stunted. Bradley took on the personal protector, which was Sean Chandler, the safety, and then Edwards was freed up to to go straight at um, uh, the punter. And he made the most of it and he did a really good job because he went full steam and he didn't run into him, which was a huge deal. And, uh, Sean Bradley probably should have scooped and scored that (laughs) on that fumble. He said on Twitter that he felt bad because that, last bounce kind of threw him off so he just landed on the ball whatever they pick up the ball at the 27 yard line the eagles needed a touchdown they were down five four plays later uh jalen hurts is scrambling into the end zone or is is jaunting into the end zone so huge play um but we have to acknowledge the fact that jake elliott is is perfect on extra points um He's made all but one field goal, and that field goal was blocked, so he didn't even really miss it. Um, he's really rebounded. Aaron Cipas might be the MVP of this team right now. He's he's flipping the field uh, just at a an alarming clip. Uh, Andre, say it, Chris.
0: Say, Say share.
1: And and Zach McPherson are doing well as gunners. It seems like they're blocking well on field goals. Like this has been A good special, good if not great special teams unit so far. And I think Michael Clay, the youngest coordinator in the league, deserves a lot of credit. Now, when he interviewed for this job, the big takeaway Sirianni had was how uh, organized he was. And I think, you know, him and uh, the rest of his special team staff have really upped the ante in this special teams room. And I think that that's going to help this team. You know, young teams kick a lot whether they punt a lot or they kick field goals and Jake Elliott and Aaron Seapos have been among the most consistent performers on this team what's your take on special teams
0: well, I like the way that the focus that they have, and when we see them at practice and the way they break it down, they really put the, a lot of emphasis on the gunners. So I think when they're able to put themselves in position, it all starts with Seepus and, and with him getting the punts and landing them within the inside, not only just inside the 20, but inside the tenant times where they're getting that nice bounce. I think that helps. But when you see the guys put pressure on, on these punt returners, enforcement for call fair cash, I think that's big as well, too. Elliot, like you said, the whole the whole mechanism. Lovato, I haven't seen a bad snap from him. Uh, where you look at CPOS when it comes to holding and Elliot itself, I think they've done a really good job. And uh, the only thing I think that this team really does have to worry about, I still see on those punt on those punts. When they're blocking, they're, there's too much pressure getting up the middle, and it seems like at least once a week you may have one guy get about within the first two or three yards within the punt within seapost, and, and it, it, almost ha- it, it it almost happened again. It, they almost, the Panthers almost got another block. That's the only thing I see that that they uh, have to clean up. But I also like I like, it. and that's tough for for Edwards in that moment. It is really tough trying to make sure that you don't run the kicker. And it's not even just that. I mean, the natural inclination is you feel like you have to go right directly at the punter and try to raise your hands up, but you usually want to get at least like a yard, like a yard in front of the foot. Just so, just so you block it cleanly. And he was able to do that. I mean, credit to Edwards, you know, try, he was able to pull back and, and, and have that self-control not to just, Basically steamroll punter. I mean, is tempted to do that, but he's not steamroll I mean, He's able to get within that yard and block the punt, and Bradley for scooping it up because you know that that basically set up the game for a win. So the special teams overall is is one of the top five five records. I forget the name. Uh, I gotta check it out. But I forgot the name of the columnist who was down in Dallas who used to actually have a special team rankings. It, we used to go. I gotta check that out, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles were within the top five when it came to the overall rank. So he was like Rick, Rick Gosling or somebody that used to do it, but the Eagles special teams overall have been really good.
1: Yeah, Um, so let's let's get down to brass tacks, because we've got a quick turnaround here. Uh Thursday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady's coming off of throwing five touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. Um he was icing his hand after the game that drew some some uh, big eye emojis, but I'm I'm just convinced that he was just trying to cool his hand down after uh, lighting or torching the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is a short week. Weird things happen on a short week. It's a home game for the Eagles. I'm sure the intensity is going to be there. We all know uh, that uh, Tom Brady uh, brings up the Super Bowl loss to the Eagles quite often. Um, But this is going to be a really big challenge, especially if you're going to play man uh, against uh, the Buccaneers. Because how are you going to defend all these guys? You're actually going to have to play dime because they have uh, wide receivers for days. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some – Who's the Who's their slot receiver? Scotty Miller. Like there's, they've got a lot of wide receiver talent. Oh, and by the way, if tight end Rob Gronkowski's healthy, you know you're going to put a linebacker on him. Yikes! So uh, this is going to be a tough matchup defensively. They're also very good. Um, I do think you can run the ball on them. I do think you can throw um but i do think the buccaneers are clearly the favorite uh no one's gonna expect the eagles to win this game if they can upset them then this then you then it's overreaction monday or overreaction friday and then you go into this mini buy thinking well geez you got some extra time what do you do um, But I think this win today stops the Eagles from potentially being sellers at this mini buy section of the uh, of the of the the campaign because really you're just two and four if you lose the Bucks and you were expecting to lose the Bucks, you, then you've got a date against. Uh, then you really kind of figure yourself out over the next two weeks because you have winnable games against the Raiders and against Detroit, and if you're you, you're four and zero on the road. Um, or wait, no, they, I guess they, they lost, uh, to, um, LA. No, wait, wait, no, who did the Eagles lose to on the road? I'm like, oh, I
0: thought you meant the the Buccaneers. They, they lost to the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, right,
1: right, Mm -hmm. right. So if you're four and one on the road, you know, but 0 and three, uh, at home, you say to yourself, well, the home schedule is getting a lot easier down the road. So, um, I'm not going to say that they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline, even if they should right now, but um, I don't know. Hubris is a funny thing. Chris, <laughs> uh, give me your final thoughts heading into this short week. Well,
0: I'll say this. I know this is not a gambling show, and this is all for entertainment purposes only, but I thought it was very interesting that the line opened up around that Eagles is a six-and-a-half-point underdog. I thought it was going to be around like eight, nine. But I don't know if it's, yeah. if everybody's worried about the Brady injury and just being a short week and, and the Bucks having to travel. But I thought that was very very interesting because this when you just look at the rosters, you compare them, you're just like it's a lot of names with the Buccaneers. You just end up, especially defensively. Like the, I think the Bucks defense is underrated. But when you look at it it's like, um, how is that possible? So I think it's game. I think games can be a lot closer than I think people imagine. I'm not. I don't think the Eagles will win it, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think they are actually have a good effort, and I think it helps that on a short week they don't have to travel. So there's a lot of things setting up for something crazy to happen. Yeah, it can. Be, it it could happen, but I think I think you'll see a good effort, or if not, you'll see maybe a garbage time touchdown toward the end to make it look a lot closer to what it is. But it should be an interesting week. Uh, it's going to be a quick week, I know for for the Eagles and for us and everything else. So, but it's going to be a good thing to match up to watch, and looking forward to working it.
1: Remember, you can uh, subscribe to our Eagles Extra text service, uh, free for two weeks, and then uh, $4.99 moving forward. Um, it's nj.com slash text. Make sure you sign up. Chris and I have a lot of fun on there. We do commentary during the game. We send you updates directly to your phone. If you're trying to avoid the social media uh, awfulness, this is the this is the text service for you it goes straight to your phone you get alerts right away um and then also make sure you subscribe to the no huddle show podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts um make sure you give us your feedback and your ratings we love to hear from you even if it's negative comments although we would prefer positive comments obviously (laughs) for chris i'm mike we'll talk to you very very soon